We're on the last week of our series on uh, To the Core, our 10 core values. And I get to back clean up. And this week we are talking about, what you say, commissioned. commissioned. All right, that's what we're dealing with. But it's been 10 weeks, so you'll be happy to know that I don't play favorites. In Africa, I got to speak at Pastor Kevin Ward's church, uh, uh, Potter's Wheel, about 1,300 people. I made them stand. I made them repeat after me. They are so glad I am gone. All right, I'm back here. So, but you're stuck with me. So would you all stand if you can, all right? Everybody stand up. Go ahead and groan, complain, be nice and Christ-like about it, all right? All right. Now, we have a list of our 10 core values that we've been preaching about. Would you read these out loud with me, please? Community, our potential maximized, relevance, excellence in ministry, faith, authenticity, Becoming Christ-like, reconciliation, intimacy with God, and commission. All right, here is your three-minute assignment. Don't sit down, all right? I want you to, you can even do this with, if you just came with your spouse, I'll let you do it, just two of you, okay? But somewhere between two and five people, no more than five. And if you see somebody by themselves, don't let them be by themselves. Invite them over, okay? Do one of three things. Pick one... Pick one of those and share something you remember from the sermon. Don't forget if you forgot. I often forget last week as well. Uh, but if you remember something from the sermon, or pick one of those and say why it should be a value of ours. Or three, pick one of those and say, how do you see that being demonstrated at CLC? And if you haven't been here the whole time, just tell them you're like your favorite pumpkin spice thing. How's that? All right. So all right, I'll give you three minutes. Huddle up. Introduce yourself. Tell me your name. Go. All right, 30 seconds. If you're done, go around again. All right, before you're seated, high five your group and tell them to the core. That's the name of the series, to the core. And have a seat. The core values. All right. I love to just watch the room come alive when you get to talk to each other. If you're not done, there'll be coffee in the lobby afterwards. You can continue. So each week we read through. I should have had you stay standing, but I'll let you stay seated because you did such a good job, all right? We read through the core value, all right? So with a little bit of enthusiasm, let's read. This is the grand finale, all right? Let's go. As fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, 
we are urgently driven to share our faith with non-believers, to educate believers for practical, victorious living, and to equip believers for abundant service to God. And the proof text that goes with that is called the Great Commission. It's some of the final words of Jesus after he was crucified, buried, resurrected, and before he rose, ascended back into heaven. It was his final commission to his followers. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's huge. Now look at what he does with it, all right? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. He passes that authority on to us baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. I was thrilled to see over 20 people get baptized last weekend. I got pictures of it when we were in Africa. And thank God for that. If you haven't been baptized, tell the Welcome Center. They'll be happy to sign you up, all right? Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission. And as I read that and kind of prepping to share this, I realized there's a one of our core values is authenticity. And that's how we represent ourselves is the way we really are. And I realize, uh, full disclosure, when I read these words that the board and I wordsmithed and prayed about and discerned back in the 90s, there's a bit of a gap between, at least for me, where I am and where I want to be when it comes to commission. So I want us to kind of go and do a, like an authenticity checklist, just you and the Holy Spirit. Are you there? And if not, it's not to feel convicted and guilty. I find guilt is not a very long-lasting motivator, you know, and uh, it doesn't have staying power, and it doesn't feel that great. But the Holy Spirit convicts us of where we are compared to where we should be, and then our response to conviction is not guilt and shame, but if we need to repent, we repent, but okay, then help me. And I find Huge relief when I, in fact, this week I was praying and the Lord was kind of showing me, here's who you are, here's who you ought to be. And, and just saying, Holy Spirit, I can't get there from here. Help me. With your help, I can. So I want to go through this. And if you find you're falling short, there's a gap between what this describes and where you're at. And we're going to pray for you at the end of the message before the finale, what a great finale. Um, and just ask him to help close that gap. So the first phrase, as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And I almost skipped that, and I had to go back and add it in my notes as the first phrase. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Because the Bible makes it clear to us that uh, you've got to be born again. You have to put your faith in Christ. Jesus said, unless a person is born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. If you don't say yes to Jesus Christ, ask him to be your Lord and Savior in this life, you'll spend eternity without him in a Christless hell. And so each week in this series, we've had people come to Christ. And if that's you, I'll encourage you to pray and ask him to forgive you your sins and invite him into your life. But then stop by the Welcome Center. When you leave, they'll give you helpful information. What does that mean? What you just did? How you can move forward. But not only are you a fully devoted follower, as far as a follower of Christ, but that first phrase, to those of us who have accepted Christ, how are you doing on the fully devoted part? Fully devoted. If people saw you, if they watched your life, would they say, man, she's all in. He is 100%. Let's face it, one of the greatest liabilities of following Christ in our culture is it is so easy to be distracted. 
And it's not seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's seek somewhere when I get time. I got all this other stuff competing for attention and time and energy and resources. No, it's, it is fully devoted. Are you all in? Or do you kind of give them leftovers when you can? I mean to get around to it. And you may need him to help you close that gap. Second thought uh, on our authenticity checklist is we are urgently driven to share our faith with non-believers. I'm going to let that just land. I would imagine if I was urgently driven to share my faith with non-believers, it would bother me, if not this morning, on my way to church, on my way home, to drive by the homes of people that I have a pretty good suspicion don't know Jesus yet. At the very least, I'd pray for them. And the people you work with that are maybe difficult, and you're like, man, they need Jesus. Do you love them like Christ would? Do you pray for them? Are you urgently driven to share your faith? And my goodness, Pastor Josh talked about the opportunity. How you, and it's not a matter of just, hey, do you know the gospel message? It, it's a process. It's just you, you get to know somebody, maybe at Planet Fitness or wherever you shop, or maybe you're on the bleachers and your kid's soccer team, and you know somebody's going through it, and you just even opening the door by saying, hey, I'll be praying for you on that. Sorry you're going through that. Just showing kindness and compassion. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good deeds, doing kindness, and they'll glorify your Father who's in heaven. Are you urgently driven to that for lost people? So like I said, Josh said, you can, you can, a pumpkin pie can be a way to do that. It's really cool because the second Wednesday of every month, if you're new, we have growth track. It's a way to figure out how to make this your home. And I asked people, how'd you hear about us? And we've been doing it long enough now. It's pretty consistent. Somebody says, somebody gave me a pie. Like, yes. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. It's pumpkin pie. It's a softball pitch, all right? Who, who doesn't want pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving? But urgently, are you urgently driven or does it not hardly even cross your mind? And then to educate believers for practical victorious living. Scale of one to 10, you figure it out. If 10 is, I am killing it. I had to talk about victory. And one is uh, practically given up. Or maybe you have. Or somewhere in between. Are you living that? And if you're like under a seven. Now sometimes, best I could muster was a four. I mean, it was the income. I was talking about life just collapsing and overwhelming and whatever. And so, but you struggle through that and you, you stay in the fight. But if you're not, for the most part, experiencing a victorious life in the fight, and it is a fight, isn't it? Say it's a fight. Tell your neighbor it's a fight. But we ought to be victorious in our lives. And to educate believers, that implies learning and growing. Are you? Have you had some new insights lately about God, about spiritual things, about the Holy Spirit, how he works in us, about, about the Bible? Have you had any aha moments? Because my goodness, he's the most creative being in the universe. He's eternal. I would think that you and little old me would have a lot of aha moments as we ask ourselves and ask him to, to show us things about him and the world and how things work. And it's not just me picking up the Bible and having my own like learning time. It's meant to be learning and growing together with us. Do you have some us's in your life? You know, I like to do um, one-on-ones a lot. And so 
Uh, I do regular ones with a few guys, um, whether it's at El Toro for lunch or we go to Waffle House for breakfast or we meet in the cafe in the afternoon for coffee. In fact, one of the guys, I'll see you Wednesday. Are you, are you, are you growing together with somebody Maybe it's a small group or a class. We've got all kinds of opportunities. Stop by the Welcome Center. They can help you find that. But are you growing together with somebody? Because as we grow, iron sharpening iron, we become that victorious version of ourselves, not in a vacuum. And I'll tell you right now, if you're living your Christian life all by yourself, you're in trouble. Because when a shepherd shepherds a flock of sheep, the ones that are in danger are the ones that are meandering off all alone. So... Be intentional with that. So as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, we are urgently driven to share our faith with non-believers, to educate believers for practical victorious living, and to equip believers for abundant service to God. That's an easy one. Are you serving? And does it feel abundant? And I'm not talking serving your husband, your wife, your kids, your grandkids, whatever. Jesus said, if you love people who love, just love you, what, does, what good is that? Even lost people, even ungodly people do that. But we talked in the community week, the first week of the series, that Paul says every Christian has spiritual gifts. So turn to your neighbor and just tell them, you are gifted. Tell them. Good, you even said it that way. That's good. Spiritual gifts for the common good. So tell them you are gifted for us. I mean, I'll tell on Paul and Fran. Uh, in fact, I told somebody, if you like how clean the carpets are, when I'm walking through this huge building and I hear the, the carpet machine running, I am pretty sure Paul Boykin's going to be running it. Or if you like the landscaping, all right, the way things are trimmed. And Fran, Fran goes every, every, how many of you have kids in, in the kids ministry right now? Let me see your hand. Or grandkids, whatever, Okay. She, every week, goes and cleans the toys, sanitizes them, and while she's there, she prays for the children in that class. Talk about using your gifts for the common good. Are you serving the church family, and is it abundant? And if not, we want to help you with that. Because I believe what I find is as a person discovers their giftedness and their ability, and it matches up with, I can use that for kingdom benefit, boom, it's one of the most fulfilling things you can find. So that is uh, sort of our authenticity checklist. And if there's a gap between where you're at and where you could be and someday where you're going to wish you were, if not, then I want to pray for you. But I, I want to, before I close that, I want to, I want to land on a thought that hit me in the plane somewhere over the Atlantic. And uh, it's a long trip to go to Eswatini. Uh, it's even longer. Several years ago, I developed a blood clot issue uh, from an 18-hour flight, so I have to break it up. So when we left, we left Monday morning at the equivalent of 3.30 Ohio time, a.m. And we got home Tuesday night at 8 p.m. So it was like 40 hours, right? That's a long flight. And so you, we left Potter's Wheel. We drove to Johannesburg, like four or five hours. Then we flew to Frankfurt, and then we had this layover for like a week and a half, uh, felt like it. It was like eight hours. And then we flew to D.C. and then we flew to Dayton. And, and the crazy thing was Monday morning I woke up and I'm just not quite feeling great. And so we had breakfast and we had a meeting for about three hours and some strategy kinds of things. And by the time the other meeting, I'm just, I'm not feeling good at all. I'm not saying anything, I'm just not feeling it. 
And so then we drove four, four and a half hours. And so poor Julius and Joyce, you need to stop, you need to stop. And those things, you know, I'll just, I'll just say it was a digestive disorder. How's that, okay? <laughs> Two ways. You can figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I got a 24-hour bug. Thank God it was a 24-hour bug. You know it's a long trip, though, when a 24-hour bug comes and goes while you're still traveling. <laughs> like the, the leg home from Frankfurt to, to, to D.C., about halfway over the ocean, I started feeling better. 24 hours is done. So it was quite a trip. But in that traveling, I'm praying, thinking about the message, and, and this really landed hard on me. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. It's the great commission. A commission, it's got a military flavor to it. A commission is to charge with certain duties and responsibilities. As followers of Christ, as fully devoted followers of Christ, he has charged you and I with duties and responsibilities. I came, he said, I came to seek and save the lost. I didn't come to condemn the world, but the world through me might be saved. And when he gathers followers together, them into perpetuity, he said, I am leaving the planet. I'm taking all my authority. I'm giving it to you and I'm commissioning you with duties and responsibilities to reach the lost, to care for them, to, to teach them to be disciples, baptize them and, and rinse and repeat over and over. I'm giving that to you. It's the great commission. And in that, Slice the word apart. It is the great co-mission. Tell your neighbor, it's the co-mission. You're on mission with Jesus, friend. I have a friend who's a commercial pilot, and he flies those long international flights, and there's a co-pilot. And from what I can learn, co-pilots just don't sit there and enjoy airplane food and snacks. They got work to do. They are part of that journey. And you and I have work to do. We are part of a journey. And as one of my prayer partners last night before service said, you know, one of the best things is going to heaven. And the second best thing is taking as many people with you as you can. You and I are on a co-mission for Jesus Christ to reach people for Christ. And here's the really cool thing. We're going to get paid on commission. Any salespeople here? All right. How much you sell, you get paid. He's not asking you to volunteer. What? You go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to, get, to be rewarded for our deeds in the body, whether good or bad. There's going to be a reward. When he said, I got, I got responsibilities. I have, uh, I have duties for you to fulfill. When you say, yes, I'm in, grow, disciple, reach, serve, I'm in. When you say, I'm in, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to say, well done. There's a reward for your obedience and your diligence. It's going to be a real eye-opener for a lot of people who sit in church seats who blow all that off. Oh, he's just asking to get it, gets involved and make a certain. You're going to be happy when you get to heaven. And I'm talking to a lot of people who already do that and are very involved and engaged and using your gifts and all that. You go, wow, I got rewarded for that. I'm on co-mission with Jesus. And what really landed hard on me in that plane, and it happens when you have a cross-cultural, international experience. When I'm coming from a country the size of Rhode Island, a million people, there were three-fourths of them living less than a dollar a day. And just to have running cold water, well water, is a luxury. It de-Americanizes your gospel because, boy, we tend to Americanize it. 
And the thought that hit me was, Jesus didn't die on a cross just to fix your life and make it fun and comfortable. He called us on a mission to seek and save the lost. My mission, your mission. And we have so turned the gospel and serving Jesus into the American dream. But I want to go back to that verse as we kind of wrap things up because it's got one of the greatest promises in this, in all Scripture. Would you say the promise has a premise? We're really good at taking promises from Scripture and lifting them out of the context and applying it, and you wonder why it doesn't work. You ever had a promise and not work? Don't raise your hand. See, we tend to say, he promised he will never leave me and never forsake me. You're right. So we live like hell, go wherever we want to go, do whatever we want to do, and wonder why God isn't there. Because that's not what he said. Here's the premise. I've got a mission for you. I've got a responsibility for you. I have duties for you. And I'm going to give you all the power and authority vested in me. I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to bequeath that to you. And then I want you to go out and make disciples. I want you to be on this great co-mission with me. And as long as you are on that, say where you live, your city. Say where you work or where you shop. Well, I'm just sitting. Okay? That place, yeah, even Walgreens, all right? I heard where you go when you leave here, you're on mission. And I want you to be my disciples. And as long as you're on mission for me, I will be with you to the end of the age. But it's this. It's not just wherever I want. Imagine all of us as the body of Christ at Christian Life Center being on mission together. And we're all going, okay, ready, huddle, break. And then we all go wherever God has us going to. And we work together and we grow together. We serve together. The impact that is intended to have. That's what Jesus calls us to. And so he says the promise, when you're on mission, I'm with you. You're in, I'm in. And then he says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, I shared a couple of weeks ago, the end of the age is coming fast. Amen. And if you're, if you're new to all this, you go to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then humanity ruined it with our sin. And it's been a mess ever since. The, the planet has fallen. There is sin and heartache and disease and death and all that. And God is, through all the Bible, he is working through a plan to get to the end of the Bible. And the last couple chapters of the Bible, Revelation, he says there's, I'm, there's a do-over. My answer is a do-over. A new heaven and a new earth. There'll be no longer any crying, no pain, no sorrow, no suffering. And that's what I'm doing for you. That and the end of the age is coming. Heaven and earth will pass away. There'll be a new heaven and earth and it'll be us with him forever. And he says, I'll be with you always, even to the end, to the back of the Bible. And Paul then, in writing his young protege, Timothy, tells us what that journey is like. Paul's near the end of his life. He knows it. And he says to Timothy with a sense of contentment and wisdom and passing it along, I have fought a good fight because life is a fight. I have kept the faith because you'll go through things in your life and your walk with Christ that will make you doubt, man, is this really true? 
It'll make you doubt. Satan will thwart. Where is God? Does God really care? I mean, you go through those doubts. You go through that fight. And then he says, I have finished the course. And when we finish the course, when we break the tape, you will, of our life, we will be in heaven with him for forever. But in order to get there, we got to stay on the co-mission he's called us to. So I'm going to ask you, we've got an incredible finale, but before we get there, I want you to bow with me in a moment of reflection and prayer. And the question I have for us, for you, authenticity, we represent ourselves the way we really are. I read this incredible value, and if as I reread it, there's a gap between where you are and where you know God would want you to be, where you want to be in that. I want to pray for you. As I said earlier, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, there's no time like the present just to ask him to forgive you your sins. Tell him you're sorry. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you. Help me to follow you. That's as simple as the prayer is. But to those of us who are Christians, are you fully, are you really all in or are you holding back? Or are you just so distracted and you know it? Ask him for help. Are you urgently driven to share your faith? I mean, really? God, create an urgency. You can't create it. Create an urgency in me, Lord, for the people that are lost in my life that I can impact. Are you, are you learning and growing, not just yourself, but with others? Are you being victorious or do you need help there? Are you serving? Are, are you using your gifts and abilities? You know, maybe you don't know what they are. Lord, I need help to be able to serve and to, and to make a difference. If any of those areas you're saying, you know what, where I am is not where I'd like to be and I need God to help me get there. I found that to be true just prepping this message. So I'm the first to stand and say, I need God to help me be authentic in being a commissioned part of CLC. If you're here today and say, I've got growing room in one or more of these areas, I need God to help me get to where I need to be. Would you stand with me all across this place? Lord, I need your help. I need to be a better reflection of what it is to be commissioned on co-mission with you. And as you stand, your heads are bowed, just whisper a silent, a quiet prayer out loud, but just tell God, God, I stood because. Just tell him, I stood because. He knows, but he likes to hear it. And then, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Tell him, I need your help. Just tell them what to do. Just tell them, I need your help to get there. I can't on my own. I've tried. And then just quietly thank him for how much he loves you. Thank you for loving me. He's not there shaking his finger at you. No. He's like, yeah, let's do this together. Let's go there. Great things in store. And Lord, I pray for every, every brother and sister of mine standing. Lord, we're so grateful you're a God of love. You convict us because there's more that you want to do in us and through us and what we can become. And so we surrender ourselves to you and we pray, God, that, you'll, that today will be a new season beginning for us. That you help us with your help and Lord, with our leaning into it, that we become more commissioned, more who you want us to be. And that we do that together as the body of Christ at Christian Life Center. 
And so we thank you for that. We thank you that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us until the end of the age. And what a promise you have waiting for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now the finale. Stay standing. One of the, the greatest promises Jesus made to us he hasn't fulfilled yet was at the Last Supper. I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you can be also. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself. He's coming back. And he's making an incredible place for us. And the last chapter of the Bible tells us in heaven, there is no longer any curse. So whatever you're dealing with that's hard and difficult and painful and regretful and overwhelming, that's gone. And that's what he's making for us. And we are heading there. And so we're, we're with Paul was at the end of his race. We're still running the race. All right, say, I'm still running. And so this song, I mean, our band and our singers are amazing on this, okay? And so don't make me do what I had to do last night, okay? Saturday, it's kind of tired. You spend all day, you come to church. So you're going to do this when we do this, okay? You're going to clap. You're going to get into I literally was out here on stage going, trying to get them motivated, okay? Now, last service I did this, and there's still some really hard nuts to crack in the same seats especially. I don't clap in church. What you're going to do in heaven, you might as well practice now, okay? So I want you to put your hands together because this is the words of this song. I'm far from perfect, right? But I found perfect love. He called my name, stole my shame. Everything changed. I'm running home. Let's celebrate.
By far, you were the best. Way to go, right? Yeah, Joyce texted me a couple of months ago. I don't know where she was at. She was, here's a really cool song you ought to do sometime. Like, hey, that fit perfectly as a finale because we're running home. Now, when you leave today, reminder, you're going to receive one of these God Science Vision books per family. But if you want to take another one, I love, I love sharing this with people who say, well, big churches just want your money. I go, yeah, because we give it away to other great places. So, um, or someone who's just lost or want to learn about church, you can take more than one if you'll give it away. All right? Those are there. Stop by to be part of the God Size Vision team. But let me just pray a brief blessing for you. By the power and authority vested in me as a minister of the gospel, I commission you now to a whole new season in your life and your service to God, to the body of Christ. And I pray a sense of fulfillment and joy and anticipation for what's ahead for you and all of us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you again for our band. They did a great job today. Have a great week.